0: Good morning, good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to Bricktown. Dad, how you doing? Doing fine. Still
1: still what? kicking What's new. Well, I'm still breathing. That's that's new.
0: I'm good. God is I'm, good.
1: I I've recovered to start walking around. I uh fell and broke my hip. So I, that that put me under the weather for most of a month, but I'm okay now, and. Things are going well.
0: Praise God! Praise God! Yeah. What you been thinking about with the world of politics?
1: Oh, a couple of things. We're we're in an interesting situation with uh, Joe Manchin. He's just taking advantage of this. That's all. Yeah. I think. I think the VA is going to take one, money. The VA is going to pay for it. Yeah. Hold on, Rudy. Hold on. Hey Rudy, I'm I'm here again.
0: Rudy? We're just gonna start over the show, alright? You ready? Good morning, good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world, this is from Bricktown. Dad, how you doing? Dad, how are you doing? Dad. Good morning. Good afternoon. I've been saying wherever you are in the world, this is from Bricktown, Dad. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. So it says you sound like you got a lot going on. You got some grab bars and stalls. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. That's 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 correct. Uh, and uh, I, I'm you know I, I a couple weeks ago fell and broke my hip. So that's been putting me under the weather. In 77, this gets to be tough to, to recover. So uh, I'm doing some alterations to my house to make it easier for me to uh, get around. And uh, the VA is helping with that, so I'm doing that. So I'm, I'm, I'm retrofitting my house, to be honest with you. And uh, I'm doing that, and other than that, I've been re- rereading some, some old books Rereading Robert Jordan's Eye of the World, which is an interesting book, series of books to, to read, and it now is on uh, Amazon as as a movie, and the movie looks nothing like the book. The characters they put in <laughs> don't look don't don't remind me at all of the book. But other than that, this has been an interesting thing because I know it, it looks like it's sold out. But uh, other than that, I'm I'm getting along fine and getting ready for the Christmas holiday, and. Uh, Hold on a second. Okay, that's fine. But I think I have like a short one, but I'm gonna
0: hope you open Good, that sounds good. Thank you. I'm the example. Alright. Okay, Rudy. Alright. So so you also sent me a text about one hundred Group, group Sigma yes
1: what's that about okay uh... 100 proof was a it was a recording group that uh, had a hit hit single called v5 uh, fo fo v5 fo fum somebody sleeping in my bed be okay, and uh, as a result of that uh, it was the number one hit in the country at the time and my fraternity paid for them to uh, be at manhattan center and we had a like like a, people paid to come and dance and listen to them but it was the number one wreck in the country at the time and uh we did that and it was the last big thing that my fraternity did my chapter did there in new york city it's still, uh, you know, it's Delta Xi, or Phi Beta Sigma. And it's still going strong in Queens, which, which was a, the chapter that we actually started, myself and uh, John Dewberry. So we, uh, we sung that, and it was a, a big hit, and but it was the last big thing that we did as a fraternity there. Before that, we, we had lots of events. We made a lot of money, believe it or not, as a fraternity. Because we'd, we'd bring in, you know, a thousand people to listen to some of the things we did. Uh, so as a fraternity and as a fraternity chapter, that was we did very well. Uh, and that was among the last things I did with that chapter ever. I just, mean you know, I just kind of aged out of it. So, uh, but I, I've got somebody here now today retrofitting, putting grab bars in and uh, trying to get a, Every, everything done for the house to make it easier for me to get around. And so, so I, I'll, I'm doing that right now. And why don't you hold on to the pause, Rudy, okay? I got you. Okay. Go ahead. No, sir. Where are you from, sir?
0: Um, parents from the Dominican Republic. I'm from New York. Where? Um Okay,
1: yeah, I'll from, from Queens. Okay, so, Rachel, right? oh, so you want me to put it? Somewhere along here. Oh, um, there? Yeah. They
0: have to get up. Yeah. Can you try to reach it? good. There? Yeah.
1: Okay. Good. Yeah, we're putting up grab bars now. The gentleman has an extra one, so he's putting an extra one up for from the
0: VA. I think that's smart moves, man. I'm glad you're taking care of your health.
1: So uh, we're doing this, and it's been uh, an interesting time for right now. So as I said, uh, my sister Carol is not doing well. I need to go back and see her tomorrow, I guess. Uh, but uh, Denise is here. And uh, so I'm trying to... Uh, Move
0: around and uh, um, well, praise you know, God. I'm, I'm just glad that uh, you're looking at it as a positive, and that's how you got to move through life. Oh, yeah, I mean, my point on that it was, it was it was an accident, but probably it's a good
1: accident, believe it or not. So, uh, I'm, I'm actually moving around pretty well, and uh. Say that we, as a family, me and my sister, only was left actually, or have lived a long, long life and done a lot of things. Um, okay, we can stop recording if you want. If you want, wait a minute. This guy's gonna be finished holding. But I keep on going. Sir.
0: No, God has blessed our family. There, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, you know. So given that we've lived a long lives, and you know, you and your brother are actually getting getting up there, and appear to be doing well. A lot of people who were your age didn't make it to that age. So,
0: That's true. That is true. You
1: know, so a lot of your the people that were in your classes in high school and otherwise who aren't here anymore. And uh, I
0: mean, we got to look at
1: every day, we, every morning we wake up as a blessing. Yes, we really ought to do that. And I do that. I mean, it's been, a, as I was thinking today, the interesting thing is how far this goes back. And so things are coming up periodically through this uh, series that I hadn't thought of in 40 years. And. Uh, that's been an interesting thing it's been a good it's been a good history lesson for me and for you And as we look at how I did what I did and why I did it and stuff like that
0: yep, yep.
1: this guy be finished in a few
0: minutes well it's a nice little background I meant meant to be in this show huh as people are listening to it they're learning how to take care of their parents. Yes. I I feel honored, Dad, in your senior
1: years to be able to take care of you. I guess the key thing is, if you treat young people the way they should be treated, it's not a real problem. Yeah, I remember that when I was, when my, my grandfather and also when Sharon's grandfather came and lived with us, I specifically made sure that I took care of him because that's the way I wanted to be treated down the road but I said, you know, he's a good, he was a good guy he could talk he could talk like you won't believe Sharon's, Sharon's father and he came and lived with us a couple of different times and one of the more interesting things about Sharon's father is he came and lived with us in Alabama and every two, three days the uh, senior citizens would come and pick him up in a bus they come up, I'd drive and pick him up in a bus and the interesting thing about it is, remember, Sharon's father was, father was white. And he'd go down to a senior citizen that just had black females. There were no males at all. And they loved him. He had a ball, because he, he could always tell tales and everything else. He just loved that. He had a great time, and I never forgot that. And, and I, I tried to, uh, to uh, treat him the way I wanted to be treated. And I've noticed that you know as I look at you know my uh, my kids and uh, how they treat me when I was when I was when I was when I was down when I was down and sick uh, I was noticed that my sons all three of them that were here you know they went out of their way to treat me well and I think if you treat grandparents the way they that You know, you want to be treated down the road, it works out. So I never thought, did any elder abuse with anybody I ever knew. Because I always felt that old people, they went through life, and it wasn't easy for some of my, like my parents. It wasn't easy for them. When my father came to New York from from Camden, (coughs) South Carolina, uh, he uh, did not know how to read. He learned how to read by reading the New York Daily News. And remember, the one thing I'll say to you is in two generations, we have went from being basically sharecroppers to being college graduates and doctorates. So that's a remarkable turnabout for this country and for us. And as I look back on it, through the 77 years I went through, it's just been a whole lot of stuff. And each 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 venue I went through in my life was very different. And I tried to always do unto other people as they do unto me. And I've run at people periodically that I knew years and years ago. And they all could say, can say good things about me, because that's usually the way it is. I never treated people badly in anything I ever did. And if you do that in life, I said to everybody listening, it kind of works back for you. It's, it's, you. know Life pays you back when you treat other people well. And, I, and how do you treat people, is how they're going to treat you later on down in life? So I remember you know, my grandparents and my, my wife's grand you know, parents and grandparents, they were interesting people. And I remember going to Minnesota to visit you know, my, my mother and father-in-law and they had, a, they had a huge farm at that time and uh, they did did some interesting things. They were really not used to people of color, but they did fine. And, I remember taking my father-in-law down to my sister's house down in Florida, and he just was, he just loved that. But he said, he lived with us a couple winters in in Alabama, and I never forget his visits to the senior citizen centers. And uh, as I get older now, I kind of look at it, as I go through dialysis, that's my senior citizen, pretty much. yeah,
0: I heard you'd be flirting with the girls, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, honey, t- tell my mom I'm, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> hold, hold on, <laughs>
0: hey, It's real, man. It's real life. Stop So as the audience listens, this is, this is real life. Yes we have you know we have people coming
1: in who are leaving for the holidays We're in our RV park and they're trying to pay their electric bill before they leave, which they don't have to do but they're doing that and because uh, most of our customers here, I'll say historically, are the most honest people I've ever seen. you don't have anybody skipping out on you or trying to cheat you at all. So it's been a, uh, they, they're coming by to, do, to pay their electric bill. And, but they're only going to be going for a couple of days, so it's not that big a deal. But uh, that's what they're doing. So, But this, this is a very, uh, our environment is one of a lot of things going on at, at, at any one time. Yeah, I'm just uh, impressed that
0: you are still running your business and, and running it
1: well. Well, I'm not sure I'm running well. My, my wife really runs it. And Tommy, when he gets back in you, I guess, will help run it in a couple months. Tommy also just called in from, uh, Tommy, our youngest son, is in Kuwait, the US Army. So he just called in to say a couple things, I think. And uh, we're very proud of him and what he's done to our country. This is his third t- tour overseas, so he's, he's done very well. My prayers are out for him and all the other soldiers are out there. I haven't done that and been overseas also for the Army myself during the Vietnam era. Uh, but I, as I was saying, when you look back at the mosaic, I was thinking earlier of my 77 years. Each, each year never every beach period of my life, after I left it, I kind of forgot about it. I moved on to something else and I've moved on to something else at least a dozen times in my life so I to, the thing about this podcast is it got me back to thinking about various things that I did or what other people did to me
0: over the period of time. Let me, and, me ask you a question about Vietnam. Ben. Yes. As they're training you and preparing you for war how Do they talk about the enemy?
1: They really never did. Is
0: it it like a dehumanizing of of the Viet Congs? Not really. I mean, it was basically fear of them. The Viet Cong
1: was a very, you know, very good as far as ability. Enemy forces, they killed a whole lot of Americans. They were very good at that. And we killed a whole lot of them, and we were pretty good at it also, but Vietnam was a war. Don't anybody ever think about it as anything else. The war that we never should have been in. Number one, in fact, we shouldn't have been in Afghanistan. Uh, Remember, and you probably don't know this, but remember the French were driven out of Vietnam at Dien Bien Phu. uh, And literally, they, they just massacred them. We came in, and was, we're better than that, and we weren't. So it was a disaster for us. These wars that we've been in have killed all these American soldiers. The 50,000 that were in the Vietnam situation should never have happened. And a lot of my uh, contemporaries died there. And uh, it was you know, not a good thing. I was extremely lucky to be stationed in Hawaii after I got out of MP school and was attached to an infantry brigade that was in Hawaii. And when that, that unit went to Vietnam as part of the Miracle Division, I was I only had like six months, to, you know, left in my enlistment. And so I was I was left in left in Hawaii and moved to the Hawaii That's, our unit was actually the, the MPs for the, the port the the fort that we were in. The army base that we were in. And we were left there because we were all short-timers. But that unit was part of the Americal Division. I think it was a 186th infantry brigade that we were attached to. And they had, they had casualties like the mine line massacre was, was part of that. And this was not a good thing for anybody was ever had anything to do with that. We as a country have a lot to pay for some of the things we've gotten into. And this Afghanistan, the stuff that we've gotten out of, what we left back there was awful. And we tried to change the a, change a country's culture that didn't want to be changed. But with the power of the gun, we did change it. And as soon as we left, they changed right back. So we need to rethink that. And all that money we spent over there, we could have spent here. Remember, we have the worst airports in the whole world. And it doesn't matter where you go in this country, the airports are terrible. You go across the world to uh, any country and other, the other countries, the airports are wonderful things. So uh, we as, as a country have misplaced so many things. And we're about to go through an interesting time over the next. I'd say four to five years as to what we will do as a country. What we have now is a minority government that's running the the country. The minority party, are the Republicans, which represent very few people, believe it or not, in this country, probably only about 30% of the country, are running it for the other 70%. Because they're blocking stuff that the 70% want. And that can only happen for so long that something happens with it. And 30% is now saying what we're doing in the future is going to, we're going to not only destabilize it, but we're going to take it over and, and create something different. This is what Donald Trump wants to happen. That's the movement he's leading. And this is an, an awful thing as, we, as Biden tries to navigate it. I think he'll do okay with it. He's an excellent politician. He's, he's lost a step, but he's still an excellent politician. As I look back on that and say, where we're going right now is precarious. We're on a, a, a hairbreadth. And as I look at what we need to do and what we're doing, we, we're, a lot of what we're doing now is depending upon a guy in West Virginia, who I think is, he might as well be a Republican, frankly. Uh, he's got some odd ideas. He's, he's a country boy, you can tell that. But his family's been stealing from the country for a long time. And that's, that's a fact. He uh, gets so much money from the coal industry, he's going to make sure the coal keeps on going, even if it pollutes everybody else. And, and black lung disease and everything else is, that the coal does. Uh, and when you look at West Virginia, it's just a tiny little state. There's really not much, much to it. And uh, we're going through a period now where I said minority politicians Republicans are holding the day I'm not sure that's going to happen forever but they're the most vocal ones I'll tell you that they can certainly blow their own horns and they're able to get stuff done when a lot of people decide they don't want to and vote and do things and that's, that's awful right now everybody needs to vote it's just important to do so
0: that- I vote
1: every time I can
0: we're looking forward to having you for Christmas.
1: What, yes, was, what was your Christmases like as a kid
0: with grandma and grandpa?
1: Wonderful time of the year, great food. Sometimes we had we had a white Christmas a couple of times it snowed. Uh, we did a lot of things. I remember we had a lot of kids in our family, we forced the kids and our family and grandkids. And Christmas was a wonderful time of opening presents and everything else. And I say, I think I may have said an earlier broadcast my art teacher Mrs. Golson told my mother to get me a, a set of encyclopedias and that was my most valuable Christmas gift the book of knowledge So i got all 20 volumes in, in about 30 days after I got them for Christmas and I'll say that their, main, their favorite line was why is the sky blue and of course I can tell you why but besides the point look it up why the sky is blue is not really blue but the key thing is, is that it got me into a whole other world. Now, it made me a reader like you won't believe. And if it wasn't for that, I would have been a failure in life. That one gesture probably was the most important gesture in my entire life that Mrs. Coulson did. So I look back on it because it springboarded me into everything else I was able to do. My parents said, no, you need to go to a private school because you're getting 28 out of 100 in public school. I went to a private school, Brooklyn Academy. That taught me a whole lot of different things. Went to Episcopalian school before I went to Brooklyn Academy. Saint Peter and St. Paul with with the Episcopalian priest beating you. And all of that is all these stuff as you went through it, that made me a whole different person. It made me important made it important to me about the value of education. You and your brother and all the other kids remember have education. All the way down to heaven, who was in my class, a student of mine at Auburn. All this stuff is, is what we go through here, is education. is the one key that we have, because once you have it, they can't take it away from me. And I even to this day now, it's the one thing they can't take away from me now. So I know stuff. I did things, because I went through life. I used that education all the time. And I wasn't necessarily the smartest, but I was very often the brightest ones. I was able to get stuff done as a mayor and other things. And when I was in the Army, one of the guys that said to me before that, when you take the Army test, do as well as you can, and you can pick what you want. And I did that. And I could pick whatever thing I wanted. So look back on it, I really should have gotten to Army intelligence. That's another story. But I said I wanted to be an MP. And I was an MP the whole time I was there the Army and enjoyed being a military policeman. Gave me a whole different look, outlook on life. Uh, and I know that the, the Army and the Hawaiian Police Department and New York City Police were well, I mean being joined the civilian police. After being an MP for two years is all of that I needed. I didn't want to do that anymore. But it was a, it was a valuable lesson in what to do and what not to do and also what the law is about. make sure you a semi-lawyer in many ways to be a policeman. The laws are very important for any policeman. But, uh, I can say that, you know, all these things were formative in my life and were formative in your life. You and your brother are the way you are because of the way I was. The way I was brought up. So I look forward to spending time with my granddaughter and and my, my wife's mother and my, my I'm actually, my, emotions my, my wife, your wife's mother, and uh, my mother in law, and uh, my wife, and we'll spend some time with our granddaughter uh, at Christmas. It'll be a good thing. I know we've already bought crab cakes for you and some other things, so it'll be fun. We're looking
0: forward to it, Dad. What what gift do you need or want for Christmas? Just to be able to see your face. Okay. And now, have you it's been. Uh... For me. Have you been
1: using your watch? Uh, I found it, actually. I guess I, I need to try to get it charged up and you and have it with me when I see you.
0: Yeah, you better have it charged. <laughs> <Get with
1: you. laughs> Folks, that's another story. <laughs> I'll see you guys. Adios, muchachos.
0: All right, love you, There, Love you. are on the number one radio show in the country it's the jada show telling you in america how kids feel here's jada
2: hello my name is jada and i'm a kid my, i am nine i just had a birthday just so you know it was very fun and i'm gonna be talking to you about how kids feel so i'd say some kids who um have siblings. Kids that have siblings, they love to play a whole bunch and they have, and kids have pretty good ideas. Um, like, why is pizza one of the favorite foods of a kid world? Probably because it tastes good, but that's um, one of the good questions. But there's also other things that kids talk about, like, well, hmm, how do I put this? Like, kids like to pretend that they're adults because, well, it's just fun. adults can do whatever they want, so it's super fun to pretend that you can do whatever you want, too.
0: That makes Um, sense.
2: And some adults think that kids don't do anything all day like especially in summer they think that we just watch tv and play all day but playing is super hard because you have to decide when you want to switch and when when you want to play and you also have to decide when you want to eat
0: so i get it now you have to decide when do I want to watch TV, when do I want to play, when do I want to eat, that is difficult.
2: Yeah, and you also sometimes get bored of what you're playing, and so you have to get all the new toys that you're going to play with.
0: So it sounds like you continually need more toys.
2: Well, not exactly. You continually need to switch, because our brains some sometimes get tired and our brains aren't actually fully developed so we sometimes do weird things
0: (laughs) what kind of weird things
2: well like put stuff up our noses but only when we're really little (laughs) because that one time happened to me
0: yeah what happened
2: I saw this other kid putting something up his nose and then blowing it out, so I decided to do the same thing. I did it once, then I did it a second time. Got stuck up there for a week. Then Mommy started to smell something, and she brought me to the nose doctor, I guess? And then he pulled it up. I was just relieved that I could breathe again.
0: All right, okay. The adventures of a kid.
2: Well, I guess I have to sign off, because I'm getting hungry, and there's a smoothie waiting for me.
0: This has been The Adventures of Jada on her first ever radio show. Tune in for more. Bye-bye.